When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Katherine Eicher. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Uh, today, I have two amazing guests joining me. Uh, our first guest is a friend to the show. Uh, you know him and love him. It's Chris Myers. Hey, how's it going, everyone? I'm back. Yeah. And uh, our second guest, he is the co-host of the Below the Hardwood podcast. Give it up for Ryan Henry. How's it going, everybody? Good, good, Happy good. Monday. Happy Monday. Yes, we're recording <laughs> this Monday. on uh, Monday, May 30th. Uh, the Eastern and Western Conference finals are now done. We have our finals matchup ready to go, and we're going to get into all of it. But first, I have to vent about something that I experienced this weekend, and I'm doing it on this podcast. Uh, and what happened was, so I, I so for people who don't know, uh, I'm a stand-up comedian, and, uh, you know, comedians hang out with one another, and... I went to this house party. It was a perfectly fine house party. And I was speaking to these uh, comedians who are younger than I am, but we know each other. We've worked together before. And this guy was telling the story and he was describing about how he handled this bully that he had when he was in high school. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm like listening along, blah, blah, blah. And then as he was describing it, I was like, oh, that reminds me of like the Mariah Carey, J-Lo, I don't know her thing. Right. Like that's how you handled your high school bully. That's so interesting. Right. And then his girlfriend like kind of just gave me like a weird look, like a puzzled look and walked away. And I was like, did I say something? And he was like, oh, yeah, like she's 26 years old. She doesn't know who Mariah Carey is. <laughs> and I I left the party. Like I was so mad. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was so make, mad. Right I choice. found the my, the friend that I went to the party with, and I was like, "I gotta go, I gotta go." Mm. I was so bad. I'm Christmas? 20- yeah, that's that's my for point. the last. So this girl, years like, of my just, life. <laughs> this girl just like shuts it down from November to January every year. Like, doesn't does all the Christmas shopping in October and just doesn't go to any. Uh, mm. store of any kind for two months like I, I was just I was so floored by this comment and I can't tell if like I, I've been overthinking it obviously <laughs> it happened like days ago but I'm like were they just deliberately trying to make me feel old because there's no way there's no, no way you don't know who Mariah Carey is so for everyone listening if you are 26 or under and you've at least heard of Mariah Carey, please just let me know. Just let me know for 
my own sanity because I can't handle it. I like I woke up and I was still mad about it. It's just not it's not plausible. I like you you don't even have to be around that time. There's yeah, I'm not saying so like, many you don't ha- I'm not saying you have to know like all her hits or something like that, but to not know the name Mariah Carey, I think is really extreme. Cause like I like I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, like when I was 26, if someone was like, I don't know who Aretha Franklin is, I'd be like, You're dumb. You know what I mean? Or like I've never heard of Diana Ross. I'd be like, That's yeah. crazy. Like, how does that happen? Yeah, I can't I can't even think of any legitimate just, excuses. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just don't know I, how I people can't. walk the earth I, like this. And it's been I bugging can't. me. And I needed I needed reassurance. I needed to know that I'm okay for being outraged. If you're watching this yeah. uh, on YouTube, Chris Chris's facial expressions have been pretty priceless this entire time. Chris, tell me how you this girl's know. never shopped at retail during Christmas. She probably doesn't know who Eminem is. She probably doesn't know who a uh, uh, person who's just keeps making babies. But that's that's another. Oh, another the Nick Cannon. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you don't know. Imagine you don't she know knows any... Nick Cannon and like all his other kids' names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's a whole other whole other topic. Because the the to me, I'm like the I don't know her thing isn't like a dated reference. No, no, no. There's there's just no excuse. No excuse. None. Sorry. Chris, if you're Chris watching, there's there's a no log off right now. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is just beside themselves, like, oh my oh, god. I can't. Oh man. I can't. I can't. <laughs> It really, it really oh, upset me. It really upset me. Um, yeah, leaving was the right call. Leaving was the right. I call. had to leave. Yeah, I literally, I was yeah. like, I'm out. I'm out. I, I'm yeah. in my mind. I was like, I'm never going to a house party again if it's like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it were me, I'd be like, I'm getting some more cats and picking up my knitting again. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do needlepoint the rest of my life. I'm done. <laughs> It's over for me. It's done with the world. I just, anyway, I just couldn't believe that that happened to me. It was so um, terrifying, but funny and bizarre. And I just, I had to share. I had to share. So uh, any of you listening, if you're, again, if you're 26 and under and just want to reassure me that you've heard of Mariah Carey, uh, I appreciate it. I promise we're going to talk Wild. about basketball. I just had to get Wild. that off my chest. So I appreciate that so much. Uh, thank you. Uh, very bizarre start to the show. But hey, you know, sometimes you just you got to go for it. It's very on brand for us. Yes, it is. Right. And I appreciate it. It's going to get weird. <laughs> that would always that is true. Um, okay. So we had an amazing game seven last night. Uh, the Boston Celtics are moving on to the NBA Finals. I just figured we should talk a little bit about this game seven. I mean, this Miami Heat team has fought and clawed its way throughout this entire series in a way that does remind me a little bit of the Raptors, uh, especially in that seven game series in the bubble, but other previous years where you're just like struggling to score and you have to dig so deep to find those points from somewhere, from anywhere. Uh, it was a really rough start to the game, of course, but they started to find their stride. I, uh, I Personally, I think the Miami Heat could have won this series if they were healthy. 
Like I think missing Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Markeith Morris, it's just that's a lot. That's a big chunk of your team to be missing for uh, an Eastern Conference final series. Um, they were right there. I also think, okay, this is my other hot take. I think I would like the Boston Celtics so much more if this exact team were just in a different city. Because they're not unlikable. You know what I mean? It's just because that they're on the Celtics that I'm like, oh, I don't like this team. But if this exact same group of people had different uniforms on and they were the Cincinnati whatever whatever is, I mean, <laughs> I would be like, this team's awesome. You know, so I I'm just admitting my, my own bias here. But I want to know what you guys thought and felt about the series. Um, Chris, we'll start with you. Or Ryan, we'll start with you. Oh, okay. Oh, well, it was it's it, it was definitely the most unpredictable series of of the entire playoffs. Like it was like blowout after blowout. Yeah. You think you think you know what's going on? Okay, Boston's got this the rest of the way. No, Heat come back, pull it off. Great. Okay, the Heat got the rhythm. No. Now it's back to Boston. So it was just back and forth dog fight. Like you said, a scrap for points. And then the the thing that made it just kind of, it was hard to watch for the first uh, four or five games was the injuries. It was just like Marcus mm -hmm. Smart's out. Uh, Kyle Lowry's out. Mm -hmm. Hero never got going. So it's just like, you can never get into a rhythm. It was just, it was the last two games that saved the series for me. Cause the first, again, four to five were just, uh, but Outside of Jimmy, the Heat don't really have many offensive options. It's like without Hero really playing much, um, it was up to Kyle Lowry who was injured. And to be honest, I know I don't know for all Lowry homers here, but that wasn't his greatest series either. He he only showed up in the uh, game six and seven, and his shooting splits weren't that great. Um, so outside of Jimmy, it's like who do they have? Like Bam's anemic. It's like one day he's putting down thirty one and ten. And then the next day, it's like eight and 10. And it's like, you can't do that in the Eastern Conference final. You need consistency. So I felt bad for Jimmy because it's just like, at the end of the day, he has to play like 48 minutes and yeah. put everything he has in his body for this team because, yeah, the, he just never got it. It, it. If it wasn't for like Coach Spo's brilliance and his amazing coaching um, and the heat culture that they always speak of, you know, it's probably not a dogfight. I think the Celtics would have just cleared them pretty easy. And, and I know we're not supposed to be Celtics fans, but yeah, it's just like, how do you not cheer for the team? It's like Jason. I love the Jason Tatum story. Uh, Deuce is my favorite NBA kid right now. Um, you have Jalen Brown, the, the whole thing with, Oh, they can't play together, split them up. And then I just love like a, a Marcus smart kind of story. So it's like, as much as I want to hate Boston, I kind of have to like them, but yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I, um, yeah, sorry, Chris, do you want to jump in? I'm, uh, yes. Let me just fix my, yes, I'm here. I'm back. I was having some audio issues with my internet. All right. So, um, I'm going to agree with, uh, the both of you on how much likable this team really is. And I wish they weren't, the Boston Celtics, I wish there was a different <laughs> it would be so much easier for me as a Raptors fan, as a Raptors homer, to um, like them. Um, 
But this is about as likable as a team from Boston gets for me as well. Uh, Yeah, even their coach is hot. You know what I mean? Like, I I have so few complaints. Right. (laughs) And and I, and uh, I, um, but he's also a really good coach because I think he's, I think Brad Stevens had the foresight, foresight to understand. And I remember when, um, I think we may have even podcasted about this about a year ago when he got promoted to GM of the Boston Celtics. I thought that was actually a good move for him because he's clearly like, he's really more of a roster construction guy and he corrected a lot of mistakes Danny Ainge made and kind of corrected himself, like self-corrected in that this team maybe needs a coach that they can connect with better. And I think Udoka was the perfect move for him because um, Doka's a player comes from the Spurs system uh he, he has that kind of mentality that 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 Stevens looks for in terms of like the actual X's and O's in the coach but I think he probably has uh better people skills which is something I think Brad Stevens has always lacked in terms of like getting the locker room together or on his side and making sure everything gels that way and keeping everything contained whereas um once that Derek White trade went down, the Celtics were basically unstoppable at that point. They rarely lost a game for the rest of the season. I think they lost maybe 10 games for the rest of the season. And they were they were a two seed. They were phenomenal in the second half after the trade deadline. And they really gelled. They really brought themselves together. And the team has just been plateauing every couple of seasons at the Eastern Conference Final. And they've finally broken through. And Ah, people are gonna hate me for this, but it basically sounds like the 2019 Raptors run, and even down to them playing. <laughs> people are gonna hate you final. for saying that. People are gonna hate me for that, but it's like it's a similar vibe from that team. Well, just in that they've been knocking on the door for several years. Is yeah, what you mean. in that yeah. sense. Yeah, it's it, they've just been knocking on that door. They've been trying to break through to the final, and now they're they've it's the the first time they've been back since 2010. Uh, and they deserve to be there, frankly. They, I even though I think the Heat could have absolutely won the series as well, and almost did. If Jimmy Butler makes that three and they go into OT, like that's anybody's game at that point, right? We could be having a very different discussion if Jimmy makes that three, even though, like, statistically, <laughs> probably shouldn't have gone for that shot, but you know what, you're, 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 this is the last chance you have and going into overtime to in a game seven to make the finals, you know, if Jimmy's the most reliable player they have at that point. So if anyone's going to take that shot, just from the eye. Well, my, my interpretation of that shot, and I know it's like, it's a moment, there's no timeout. He just has to do it. But in my opinion, because I've really thought about this shot, because initially, and I was reacting on Twitter, like, I can't believe he took that shot. That was a really bad shot to take. And he had, I wouldn't say a clear path, but I think enough of a path that he could have gotten to the basket or created a better shot for himself. Yeah. But the more I think about it, the more I think this team was so tired and so gassed, I don't think they had it in them to go into an overtime. Yeah. I, I think, think in I think not that they had the the chance to discuss it, but I just feel like he knew like in his heart and just in his body that they didn't have it in them to play another five minutes and just kind of went for it. 
and 48 minutes straight yeah 48 minutes straight you know what i mean like i just don't think he had it in him to do another five minutes by doing the strategic like getting a two and hoping you can extend your time so i think that's what it it ultimately was about although initially i was like oh my god that was such a a bad move just to like play this hard and this good for this long just to have it come to an end like that but i think he just didn't have it in him in the end I I hate the if game like because uh, you can do it for pretty much every single game in in the history of the NBA. But sure, yeah. I I kept re rewatching it. I'm like, okay, he had Al Horford backpedaling. Al Horford's still under the rim, like you know. Yeah, what I mean? he like, was could, he was under the rim for sure. You know, so I'm thinking he probably saw Al Horford's right there. Either this is going to be a charge. I'm not going to get the bucket. Like so many ifs could happen that like we don't know if it's a tie. Um, so I don't hate yeah. the shot, but I hate that it's him taking it because he's not the greatest three point shooter. Um, yeah, and he like, wasn't set up for it. And also, yeah. it was short, which also shows that he's tired. Um, exactly. yeah, it was all those things. It was all those things. Um, but I kind of felt like I, I don't even like rooting for the Miami Heat, but I obviously have been because mainly because of Kyle. Um, and I, I, I like Jimmy too. Like it's one again, it's one of those teams. It's exactly like the Celtics. Like, oh, if you took this group and put them in a different city, I'd like them more. Um, I think this team being so gassed at the end of this series, this is another hot take of mine, is proof that they could have an additional percentage of body fat. <laughs> Isn't it? Oh, man. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. This man's yeah. running out of calories to burn. You can't, like, he just is. He's yeah. not, I just, oh, God. Just the heat culture stuff just makes me crazy. Big Fizz coffee is only going to get you so far. The caffeine's like right. Go, I mean, coffee doesn't even have calories, so it's just like it, it, it's just I don't know. To me, this is proof that it, it's like let that go. Like I just think it's like like the whole heat culture thing is really just about winning. Like it's just a different way of saying winning or we the North or whatever. But then you just add that weird cringy tidbit about the body fat. Like, I can't, like, I don't know. Like, it just makes me think, I, like, who is, like, who is Pat Riley as a person? Like, that's what it makes me think about. Who is he behind the scenes that he cares so much about the body fat on an individual? Like, I just, did he have an experience where, like, he lost a game and it was all because someone had 9% body fat? instead of eight like it just you're two percent higher that's why we lost yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, like i just i don't know it, it's just i know people make jokes about it but I, i'm i'm like joking but i'm also like just a touch serious like jimmy butler literally ran out of calories to burn and he ran out of fat to burn in that game he I, he just did. i don't get it but I, I also hear that players sometimes avoid going there because they know that they're going to have to work and that that training camp is nasty. So apparently it's it's real. Do uh, do we think he's making um, exceptions for Kyle? No more McFlurry runs. No, 
No more uh, insomnia <laughs> cookie. What, what did him and Demar get? Was it a insomnia, insomnia cookie? Insomnia or... cookie. Oh, I went to insomnia cookie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that ain't happening over there. Nope. Um, yeah. But anyway, I agree. The last two games absolutely saved this series. Um, I want to know, what do we think of the, the Jason Tatum, Kobe Bryant armband? Because it's like cute, obviously, an ode to Kobe. But in a Celtics uniform, it was, I felt it was a little jarring. It obviously worked. It obviously worked. He was definitely inspired. Uh, it worked. But I, me as not, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of either of these teams. And I was like, this feels, this feels almost sacrilege. Like it feels wild to see a Celtic wearing like Lakers colors simultaneously. So it's, 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 it, it's weird, like really weird. And it bothered me um, <laughs> mainly because I started watching Showtime. Um, yeah i'm gonna so, i'm gonna you mean winning time oh sorry <laughs> winning time yeah I'm yeah like, i'm oh, gonna review time winning time on an episode at some point oh, it's it's nuts and i i don't think it's at any of it's true because yeah you're gonna think away of all these guys like especially pat riley um but yeah um i'm like so i hate the lakers i hate the yankees i hate manchester united i hate all the evil empire franchises <laughs> that just stack players pay them and they just come so when i saw i'm like i get it kobe anybody can you know wear the 24 wear the two uh, represent kobe and Gigi. i'm cool with that but like you couldn't get like black and white for the the mambasita jersey color or and just put the 24 on there because it's just like it's weird. You see this green jersey, and then you see purple and gold. I'm like, if Larry Bird was at that game, I don't think he's happy about that. Like, I, I just, I'm, I think he's looking at you away. Like, cool, it's Kobe, but it, it bothered me. It really bothered me. And I'm just anti-Lakers, so I just looked at anything <laughs> to hit on, on the Lakers for. So, uh, but that's fair. I mean, that's a good point about the the Mamba Sita colors being like a nice uh, alternative there. Uh, Chris, what did you think? I, I thought it was weird too. It felt, um, it felt um, yeah, it was really jarring for me too. And I'm like, game seven, on your way to the finals, wearing the purple and gold. It just, it felt, and and and, and just to like add insult to injury, he wins the Larry Bird. At the end of the show, at, at the end of the game, that's right. And <laughs> thank goodness Larry wasn't there to give him his namesake trophy because, yeah, I think he would have felt. I'm sure he would have felt a bit of a way about it. Um, uh, I'm very sure there are Celtics fans out there that feel very similarly, um, because that is a rivalry that is um legion and undying because there are no Celtics and, and generational it's a and generational generation. rivalry there are no celtics fans that i know personally that would enjoy that because they're very much about tradition and legacy and stuff like that there in boston like that is i i i i it is a, that was a very bold mood on jason tatum's part as much as i like jason tatum it's just um yeah, that's very bold. <laughs> he, he, he's he's under twenty six, right? Yeah, probably. maybe we should ask him if he knows Mariah Carey. I too. know. I, I that'll be if I could interview him today. That would be my first question: Is have you heard of Mariah Carey? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
Were there any other um, observations we wanted to make about this Boston uh, Miami Heat series? Honestly, I, I, I don't have too much else outside of they definitely need just need to find some secondary consistent secondary scoring. Like, I don't know if they pull like, you know, I don't, I don't think Tyler Hero is coming back. I think he's gone. Um, I think he's going to get his payday, oh, really? a, a sign and trade or something. Uh, but I think he's played his way out of there and hmm. they need to invest in somebody who can uh, consistently back up Jimmy. Wow. That's a bit of a hot take. I, I didn't think Tyler Hero would leave. I feel like he loves it there. He does, and it's like one of those situations where I think it's like a. I'm not comparing him to Kyle Lowry. It's like Kyle wants to stay, but is he going to get paid to stay? And it's like, eh, sort of on along the lines of okay, somebody's got to go. We can't really keep everyone here. And as great as Tyler is, I feel like they could upgrade and get maybe a disgruntled star. I don't know. I'm throwing random names out there. <laughs> Bradley Beal. They could, again, just say, oh, I don't think it's going to happen, but it, somebody that, that is um, worthy of a number two. Like, look at, look at what happened to the Pelicans with um, uh, CJ. Perfect number two. Perfect guy to, to uh, consistently score. They need something, something like that. Yeah, I don't know what um, what Bradley Beal's contract looks like off the top of my head to see if they could even pull something like that off. I have a feeling he's he's getting paid way too much. He is. They would have to. It would have to be some sort of crazy sign and trade deal. But I just feel like it's going to happen potentially. But could be wrong. I mean, I think he'd like it there. Like, I think I could see Bradley Beal fitting into that heat culture that i hate that they love but um but i don't know i don't see something like that happening but you're right they need they need somebody who can who can score with jimmy but i think that's even more reason why they'll pay tyler like i think that's even more reason why they're gonna play tyler pay tyler hero he's also really young kyle's really old um you just you hope that everyone's healthy at the playoffs, but so much of winning an NBA championship is just being healthy at the right time. And I think yeah. like, yeah, I think the, they can't skew any older, you know what I mean? Like everybody, like they have to keep building younger. They they're too, they're too old to invest in players older. I think the, I really think they'll keep Tyler. I, I would like him to stay there too, just because again, it's like it would be kind of crazy just to give up the sixth man of the year right after he gets it. But you know, disgruntled Donovan Mitchell, I don't think he fits the culture. But hey, mm. you know who knows? Well, yeah, you're right in that. There's a lot of stars that are unhappy and who would be willing to move. And I think it's going to be a really interesting off season. I mean, obviously like Lillard is out there. You've got Donovan Mitchell, you've got Rudy Gobert. Um, mm -hmm. You've got Bradley Beal. Yeah. I think a lot of stars could be on the move this off season, but I don't know if Miami is going to be one of those teams to really dig into that because 
you know, you look at them, it's like they were so close to reaching the NBA finals. And like I said earlier, if they were healthy, I they could have won the series if they were healthy. Different story. Yeah, it's 100%. a different story. In my opinion, I think it's a different story if they're healthy. So I don't see them veering too far off the, the path they're already on. I think the I think the roster construction as is probably has at least a season or two left in it before the Heat needs to make needs to make any major changes. Um, although I could see Tyler leaving as well. Like I feel like that could happen, but I, I I'm I'm more inclined to agree with Catherine. I think that they're going to try at least one more year with the team as is to get back to the Eastern conference finals and uh, potentially another finals run. I think it's in them, but yes, it's, it's, I think it injuries really injuries, definitely like on Tyler Taylor's part, I would say even on Kyle Lowry's part, even though it's definitely not his best season, it's like he was pretty injured throughout mm-hmm. and some personal stuff that he was dealing with in the regular mm-hmm. season. That was definitely going to hinder his performance once he hits the finals. Cause he, just wasn't as he wasn't as conditioned as he as he normally would be, uh, and I think it's it's his first year in a different organization, and the Heat are a different culture than the Raptors in terms of like uh, health support, that sort of thing. It is a very different culture, and um, I I think if you're a, a veteran player who's been with one organization for nine years, and all of a sudden you're in a new place. And you're adjusting and all of these different things are happening all at once to you, you know, there's a very good chance that you're just, you're just not going to have your best season. Um, so I think the heat are going to try one more time with the roster as is. And then if it doesn't work next season, then I think we're going to see some changes. Yeah. I think they're going to run it back one more year before they really start making some big moves. Um, okay, let's move on to uh, the Western Conference Finals. Obviously, the Warriors have won. They're moving on to the NBA Finals. Uh, Ryan, you are the only Dallas Mavericks, not just fan, but Stan, that <laughs> I really know. And I need to know h- how you feel about this series. Like, I know you were on Confederacy of Dunks, I think, before the series started. Um they lost in five. It was a real gentleman's sweep. We, I think Mark Cuban tried everything, including uh, deliberately poking a hole in the ceiling right by the Warriors bench uh, during a thunderstorm. But, you know, he, that's how much of a miracle the Mavericks were trying to pray for. Uh, but Ryan, <laughs> I want to know, like, as a Mavericks fan, like, how do you feel about how the series went? So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it because it's funny because we weren't supposed to be there. <laughs> we were supposed to be like, for me, it, it was so good because honestly, the Mavericks are way ahead of schedule. It's like, it's Luca's fourth year. You're four years removed from Dirk. The t- the roster was the worst of all four remaining teams. Like, let's be honest. Like, Heat's roster, great. Celtics, great. Warriors, great. You're going into the Western Conference Finals with, I'm sorry to do this to my Canadian brethren, but Dwight Powell is your starting center. So, I- I'm sorry, Dwight, but you're hurting me. Um, <laughs> you had $72 million on uh, sidelined in uh Tim, Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, I love Dorian Finney-Smith. Dodo is great. He deserved the contract. 
fantastic player. Uh, love him. I'm that's probably the next jer- Mavs jersey I'm gonna get. Um, Jalen Brunson in a contract year who played who played his his best when Luca was injured for the first two games in Utah. Um, so it, it, it is what it is. It's like you're going, I respect my opponents, like I can be a homer. And then I can also respect my opponent. So it's like, I already know who we were going up against. I probably went on podcasts and said, yeah, Mavs in six, because I have to be a fan. I have to be a fan. I'm not going to be openly root against my team. Although I think I did against Phoenix. And then I got shocked myself. But um, yeah, I thought Phoenix was going to win that series. I think most people did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, when that game six happened, I was just like, I was beside myself, but um, yeah, no, I, I came to terms and grips with it real quick. After game three, I was like, it is what it is. It's Steph. It, it's, I'm happy to see Andrew Riggins, uh, you know, do so well. Um, mm-hmm. So a f- all-star starter, which still seems unreal, but Wiggins has found a home, which is cool. So uh, that that's a Canadian brother and I'm very proud of. Sorry, Dwight. Um <laughs> You know, that 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 team, Jordan Poole has just, like, nobody saw that coming about a year ago. Like, the way Jordan yeah. Poole has come out. When you play against the Warriors, you're basically playing 48 minutes of, like, tag. Like, you're chasing after these guys, chasing through screens, chasing through picks, um, just trying not to be gassed by the fourth quarter. And I'm watching the Mavs body language. I'm sorry. I can be a stand, I can be a homer, but Luca's body language is absolutely horrible throughout that series. It's just anytime the ball's not going in, throwing up his arms, anytime like, mm. you know, a call doesn't go his way and he does get hit. I will always back him up with that. He gets hit, but he just, it was just, it was like the first time I saw Luca. I'm like, you're not it right now. And I've seen you like drop like 45 points against Kawhi and Paul George. So it's like, what what's going on what are they doing and yeah they just did a good job slowing him down they uh pissed him off they aggravated him they beat him up a little bit just got him in out of his head and then something snapped in game five and he's just like okay i'm gonna wake up now and then he started playing like he normally does but by then it's too late the series is done so um i can't hate too much it's we're, we're ahead of schedule um the checklist is get a new roof um ship <laughs> Dwight Powell out you know um get a capable center and and hope for the best but yeah no I'm actually very proud of of what they were able to do with what they had so yeah that's a nice positive uh perspective I appreciate that uh I bumped into you maybe about a month ago and you were discussing traveling to watch the Mavericks play did you get to travel so funny story i was literally about to buy my plane ticket to dallas for game three i uh, was about to series? do it uh of western conference finals because okay. that's that it was the same week that i wanted to do it originally and i of course thought i thought phoenix, i'm not gonna lie i thought phoenix was gonna win so mm-hmm. when that didn't happen i'm like i'm going but that like how does mark cuban charge Six seven hundred bucks U.S. to sit in an arena with a a, a crappy roof where oh, leaky ceiling. On. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, it's not going to be Raptor prices. It's going to be legitimate. It's going to be like you know three four hundred dollars to get in. I'll sneak my way into the top of the whatever. I've been there before. I've been there once in Luca's rookie season. So I, I've I've been there once, but 
yeah, it was like six, seven hundred bucks just to get in the building for the Western Conference final game three. So I'm already spending two thousand dollars just to get there. So I, I'm I'm a fan, but I'm not that crazy to do it. So no, that's respectable. That's respectable. Yeah. When we yeah. were talking about, it, I was like, I, I mean, I know you're a big Mavericks fan, but I was like, I would go to Memphis. Memphis to see yeah, the the yeah. Grizzlies and the Warriors play. I'm telling you right now, Ryan, I didn't follow up, but if you sent yeah. me flight details, I probably would have gone. I, I think I would have thrown my arms up and gone. I, I was I, I'm, I'm very spontaneous. I was going to do it, to be honest, um, had Dallas and Memphis met, which I was actually like fingers crossed. I oh, was going to yeah. be like, we're going, we're going. And I was going to say everyone's going to Memphis for it. Because I'd never been to Memphis. I've been to Dallas. So I got that off my list. Memphis would have been a great time to be in that yeah. arena uh, with, um, I don't know who sings the song, Whip That Trick, and that whole environment yeah. and just his dad and maybe Usher would have been there. I don't know. It would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe next year. You know, I'm pretty sure the maybe next will, year. Be black, will be back in the playoffs. Um, Chris, how did you feel about the, the Mavericks run this year? And, and the Warriors making it to the finals once again. Um, I do have to give my hats off to the Mavericks because, yeah, they were absolutely not supposed to be there. They were supposed to be uh, beaten by Phoenix. That did not happen. Uh, and uh, I have to, not only do I have to add to what Ryan said, but uh, it was really good to see you know, center issues aside, it was good to see the Mavericks play some defense this season. That was great. Uh, hats off to the coaching staff. Uh, even though I, I personally dislike Jason Kidd, uh, I, I, it was good to see the team play some defense. That was excellent. Uh, and it was um, good to see them move that far and to, to have, ta- have um, Luca be really tested for the first time in a genuinely deep playoff run. Uh, but at the same time, I'm happy to see the Warriors, you know, back in peak form. I would not have been saying this years ago, but, uh, it, it was nice to see them as sort of like a normal team again, make it to the finals in in an iteration that was closer to the first time they hit the finals with where it was just Steph and Clay you know, back to more of a likable platonic ideal of the Warriors where they've actually had to work really hard to get as far as they did. Uh, I think people had counted them out again this season, but it was nice to um, it's nice to see them back again. And Yeah, I've been saying about the Warriors since the beginning of the season, like this could be one of the greatest comebacks in sports history. Yeah. Like it really is to, to like I don't think there's many teams that have come back like this. Um, I, I really don't. And the the Warriors without Kevin Durant, in my opinion, are very likable. Now, I know that's like a really basic take. Like that's just like saying, hey, I like pumpkin spice lattes and I take the go train to work. Like I know that's the same sentence, but <laughs> it's true. Like I just I think that team without without Kevin Durant and they've had a, a bit of a. I don't know if a redemption arc is the right term, but they've had to come back from a lot. I think everyone loves Clay Thompson, even though he's not the exact Clay Thompson he once was. 
but to see him back here and you know we've already talked about jordan Poole. i think they were so smart to build around this core young right like they didn't try to cash in on all these vets who had maybe played well but hadn't won in other places like i feel like that's typically what happens but instead like their scouting team dug deep and they found young guys that could play with them build around them they've revived wiggins which seemed impossible but i mean look at how amazing that trade turned out to be for d'angelo russell right and then they found jordan Poole from i don't know where i mean even though um uh gary payton jr was injured early in these playoffs he was a huge factor for them all se season long and they found him from the g league like there's just they just did such a great job scouting and building this team around that core and not giving up on them that timeline it, it could be the greatest comeback it's like if you think about it it's like okay clay goes down to the finals katie technically went down to the finals you lose a franchise player who goes somewhere else. Steph's injured. Dre's injured. Two years of just like purgatory, just horrible whateverness. And then Steph had obviously the quotes from last year's uh, play in when he got eliminated to come back. And he's like, we'll be back. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, they, they, they did it. And it's just like uh, Chris said, it's like, it's kind of like the 2015 um, iteration of this of group. It's like mm -hmm. they're likable again. It's like it's the three guys. There is no all star that was signed. There is no the only deal that they really made was Andrew Wiggins. It was Andrew Wiggins. And then everyone else is a young guy who they drafted or they just picked up through the G League Ignite team. So it's like you can't really hate it. It's it, it's good. It's it's wholesome. It's I'm not going to say it's obviously not when you're comparing it to the Lakers, it's not bought. It's it's organic. And mm -hmm. I think people like the organic story and the organic team. Um, so that's why, again, I respected my opponent. I'm like, I have no issues with this team. They could do whatever they did. And, yeah, they beat the crap out of my Mavs. So. <laughs> but like you said, the, the, the future for the Mavs is bright. I, uh, I forgot to ask you about uh, Theo Pinson's white T-shirt. This is like, okay, between that and the ceiling, like, this is real Jason Kidd stuff. You know what I mean? Like, back when Jason Kidd was coaching the Nets and he had that drink and he was like, hit me, hit me. And then the drink spilled everywhere and he was like, Ooh, right. And then, and then, cause he didn't have a timeout. And then that way he was able to sort of like pseudo get his timeout and he was fine for that. But Jason Kidd is just like the scheming guy. Like there, like I like conspiracy theory hat on here. I think it was his idea. I think the t-shirt was absolutely his idea. And, and then Theo was like, fine. And then, and then you had that really funny audio of the ref just being like, I'll buy it. Like I'll pay for it, which is ridiculous. I don't know what refs make, but come on. Like, obviously they don't make as much as the players. It's absolutely ridiculous. And then he obviously doesn't change the shirt. They accept no. the fines. This is a team decision. This is a you're, team you're, decision. You're right. It's not a conspiracy. Um, I'm pretty sure the Mavs told him, keep doing what you're doing. Um, I follow, Obviously, I follow a lot of them on Twitter. Anytime the fines came out, they were quote tweeting it, making it a joke, saying, we're going to keep doing this. So I, oh, I didn't personally believe, yeah, I personally believe Cuban and Kid were probably like, nope, you guys keep doing what you're doing. You guys are great. And you know what? 
I'm like, I have no problem with it either because when they were quote tweeting it, they were tweeting other videos of other benches doing it. And then sometimes you see other benches doing it. It's like, okay, well, oh my I guess God. we did it every game and you know chris paul and devin booker didn't like it even though they do the exact same thing to other coaches and other teams but you know i have no problem with it apparently the mavs are trying to bring him and boban back somehow to fit them in the squad just because of the culture shift that they've brought in hey like if you guys have guys on the bench just like loving everything you do and cheering you on it, it helps it works i i like it so, and it clearly, I don't know if it did actually encourage them, but if we have to give up two roster spots for these guys, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. And I just love Boban. So that, that, that's <laughs> Wait, sorry. <laughs> give up roster spots. Yeah. They, they like naturally because this is a big summer for the Mavs and, and obviously we need to regroup and overhaul a lot of people. Um, they felt Theo and Boban, although they don't play hardly ever, um, they're trying to find a way to keep both I guys. See. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. 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 They're trying to find a way to keep both guys. So it's like, you know, if that's your 11th and 12th guy, I mean, they can I'm... put a white t shirt on <laughs> anyone else. <laughs> Do yeah. they know that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but no, Jason Kidd, uh, outside. It's his idea. Of With, okay. Oh. Here's the thing. Like, Mark Cuban is a billionaire. I don't like apparently. <laughs> allegedly. I don't think he actually <laughs> you do we think he's neglecting his own stadium? Is it even his? I'm actually not sure if it's his stadium. But it's like like I love that we've confirmed that the t-shirt was absolutely a team decision and it did cause like I think one turnover, which that's a very expensive that's an expensive <laughs> turnover. Um yeah. Yeah. $75,000 turnover might be yeah. if there's a if there's a list of the most expensive turnovers. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's on there. Um, yeah. But do you think do you think the the hole in the ceiling is just an accident? That that I just don't I don't even know. Apparently it was heavy rain. I, yeah, I don't know but, the, was but where it is, like, well, <laughs> no like in, in the Scotiabank yeah. Arena when the speaker was on fire, it wasn't over the opposing team's bench. It was like it was like in yeah. the audience section, and that's why everyone yeah. had to get evacuated. It wasn't like uh, it could, I mean they everyone they'd have to evacuate everyone anyway in the case of a fire, but I'm just saying it wasn't. Oh, and it happens to be a speaker above the visiting team's bench <laughs> like it could have been a ploy because i remember that game like the mavs were up but obviously golden state i think it was was it heading into the uh third yeah it was state like usually takes time. off yeah, yeah so maybe it was a ploy to like ice them and get them cold so that way the mavs could continue on in the third but because they couldn't uh, do their yeah. like so because they, they couldn't do their like little shoot around after halftime yeah. right because the court exactly. was too wet and i think maybe the mavs thought this is so crazy but i'm thinking maybe the mavs thought like they could do their shoot around and they wouldn't be able to <laughs> like one side yeah yeah i could see that side. i could see but then that. they were yeah. like no no one's on the court until we saw 
Yeah, I saw that. And I saw Luca and Steph looking at each other. It's like, did you? I'm like, in, in my head, I was like envisioning Steph asking, like, did you do this? He's like, no, I didn't do this in like Slovenian or something like that. But I, I could, I could, I could, I could see that. I could see it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I wouldn't put it past Cuban. Cuban was very interesting that series. I think he had a fight with Little Wayne online too. It was, it was, it was great. Everything really? was everything. Yeah, it actually carried over from the Sun series. Um, so Little Wayne went on Twitter after one of the Suns games, Suns Mavs games, and said Luca a hoe on on Twitter, which Cuban I guess didn't like, and all the Mavs fans obviously didn't like. Um, and then when we disposed of them, Cuban went back and took one of Little Wayne's lyrics from um, I can't even remember the song name. Please tell me it's Lollipop. No, no, I'm just kidding. This... I'm just kidding. I'm just uh, oh, kidding. Oh, can you, it's imagine? Can you imagine? It's a very different tweet. It's a very different <laughs> yeah. tweet if it's from that. <laughs> it was. Um, it was one of his most recent ones. It's like the oh my god, uh, like the fact that I don't know the name, but the song lyric is "Put you front row." Um, it's a shit. It's a shit show. Put you front row, and then he took a picture of Little Wayne watching the Mavs annihilate the the Suns in Game Six. And Little Wayne didn't like it and tweeted some stuff I'm not going to repeat on the show. Deleted the tweet. You can probably Google all this. Mm. And apparently they pieced it up at the Warriors game when he saw him courtside. And it was great. But yeah, uh, there's a lot of under... There was a lot going on in those uh, in that series that not a lot of people were aware of. And yeah, it was roofs. Yeah. Breaking, no way does uh, Mark Cuban was... actually know the lyric to lyrics to that song do we think it was great there's like he he, someone from his team really i feel like someone from his team (laughs) would have brought it to him uh yeah you know what someone probably is like hey mark did you see this and and i'm pretty sure in their meeting yeah he probably he probably someone tried to win brownie points with the boss and and pointed it out i think a hundred percent a hundred percent i would i would i wouldn't put it down it was uproar it was uproar and it's there it's a go. shit show, puts you front row, and it's Lil Wayne looking super stressed. I don't know if you guys saw that floating on Twitter um, during the Mavs beatdown of the Suns. It was it was great. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I feel yeah. like I've never in my life went to find a subreddit for the Mavericks, but I feel like you just sold me on that. You sold me on it on a whole other deep dive I didn't know existed. Mavs Twitter was very interesting this year. We fought with Mark Cuban a lot. Um, the kid hiring didn't go over so well for obvious reasons. Now we're kind of like, okay, basketball reasons. We like you. Everything else is nah. But right. uh, Mark Cuban called us uh, fake fans for attacking them because we wanted a change. Mavs Twitter did a lot of work this year. We we wow. I'm pretty sure we're the reason. We are the reason why Chris Stapps was traded. And then the whole season turned around. It's kind of like a Boston Celtics thing. Like Boston flipped in December. And then we traded Chris Tapps. And then we just became like world beaters all of a sudden. Yeah. That was the best trade. I mean, it was was a bad trade when it first happened. Oh, yeah. I was so bad. It was bad from from the very beginning, the Porzingis trade. (laughs) It was never good. No, no. I was in Mexico. I was actually with uh, Alan, uh, my co-host. And he's like, did you see this? And we're on a beach and we're just, I'm just like, I, 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 yeah, I lost, I lost my shit. But then he's like, no, no. My beach vacation. Yeah. Yeah. He convinced me and it's like, no, Spencer Dinwiddie's real. And then I saw Magic Johnson tweet, Spencer Dinwiddie's great. And I saw everybody. I'm like, I'll give it a chance. And yeah, 
look where we're at now. But yeah, good stuff. <clears throat> yep. I believe it. I think if there's any online fan base that can uh, steer the course of their team, it's the Dallas Mavericks. They're very, yeah. they're coming yeah. online. <laughs> very online. Very, very online. I believe it totally. Like we got a lot of trouble in our front office. I'm pretty sure you guys know the stories that keep coming out every other six months about something going on. But outside of that, the players yeah. are great. The players are great. Yeah. Love them. Everybody else, uh, a little shaky. I think if I were on a beach and I found out that Kristaps Porzingis was coming to Toronto, I think I would have reacted the same way I reacted to that person telling me they didn't know who Mariah Carey was. Like, I think I would have just found my closest friend and left. I would be so bad. It could be just Twitter rumors, but I thought I heard something about Chris Apps possibly becoming a Raptor at one point. I, I was just like, I, I hope to. Yeah, there was some chatter. There was some chatter, but not, I don't think it was yeah. anything serious ever. But I do remember Good. hearing that float around a bit. No, Good. that would no. be so horrible. No. So horrible, so horrible. <laughs> no. Um, okay, uh, before we move on to, oh, wait, my gosh, we've been talking so much about this. So let's just do a little bit of a finals preview here. We've got, you know, Warriors, Celtics. Who do we who do we think is going to ultimately win the NBA championship? Uh, Chris, let's start with you. Uh, I have the Warriors, but I think it's going to be a long series. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be six or seven. Mm-hmm. I think Boston's going to put up a really good fight. Um, but I think it's going to go – I think it will go to the Warriors, personally. Yeah, They're- so you're saying Warriors – in seven, but maybe six. Yeah, yeah Ryan, what do you think? Um, I already put out a tweet about it, so I don't want to go different from it. But heart, Celtics and six, head Warriors and six. Um, I just think the Warriors just got too many weapons. I saw what they did against my team. Dallas has good defense. They're not the Celtics defense, but um, Jason Tatum – as great as he's been, he can show some inconsistencies in some games where he's just like, eh. Um, where the Warriors, it's like, okay, Steph's not hitting. Jordan is. Jordan's not hitting. Clay is. Clay's not hitting Wiggins. And then freaking Looney can get 18 rebounds. Dwight Powell. But, um, mm. you know, like they just have so many different things. So it's like, you can shut down one, but you're not going to shut down the others. So it's like, Good luck. And on top of that, you just got out of a dogfight with seven games. You guys are banged up and injured. So I got head says Warriors and six. Yeah. I, uh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I also wanted to point out that uh, they, these two teams, it's the first time since uh, the Bulls and Celtics in the 90s that the two highest defensive rated teams in the NBA are in the NBA finals against mm. each other. Cool. So I think. Um, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring finals. I don't think it's going to be super flashy basketball. It's going to be very heavy on the fundamentals. It's going to be low-scoring. Uh, I think um, I think the best sort of way to get a feel for who might win later on in the series is the first team that hits 100 points in a game is probably going to win that game and take the series. Mm. Uh, and I think... Uh, Knowing that the the Warriors have a little more offensive juice than the uh, the Celtics, I think yeah, I think that's that's kind of my that's my the mental math I'm doing to make my prediction for this particular series. I think in this case, offense is going to win the uh, the championship. 
this year as opposed to defense, you know, going against the old adage, right? It's, uh, yeah, because you're saying both their their defenses are so great they kind of cancel each other out. So, yeah, I, I Chris, I think they're all great points. Like I I also think this is going to be a long series. Um, I agree with everything you've both said. I think like <laughs> this is going to sound very corny. It's going to sound a little pumpkin spice latte of me again. But there's just something about the Warriors that feels destined to win this to me. Like, and I've felt that way since the beginning of the season. I was like, this team is special. And then I probably wavered from that mid-season because they had so many injuries. And I just thought, oh, it's not going to happen. But they've come together and they've been, at least their core has been healthy at the right time. And I, I don't know, like, I just have a good feeling about them. I think Boston's great. And I have undersold Boston because I thought Milwaukee was going to win that series. So I probably haven't given Boston enough of their due. Um, if it goes to seven games, the Warriors have home court advantage. I think the PTSD of losing a game seven after winning uh, 72 games in a season, I just don't see them. You know what I mean? Like losing a game seven in the finals after that, I just feel like that stays with you. You know what I mean? Like I can't see this team losing a second game seven in a finals. I, I just no. when when this Celtics team hasn't been this far, like I, I just can't see that. Um, so I do think the Celtics are a great team. They've absolutely surprised me, but I I'm gonna say it's Warriors in six or seven. What I will say about the Warriors is they're gonna shit the bed at least one game. Every series they've had one terrible, disgusting game, and I think that True. will persist, right? Because they could have swept the Nuggets and they didn't. They could have closed out the Grizzlies in five and they didn't. And, and same with the Mavericks, they could have swept the Mavericks and they didn't. And I think they their issue is they. I think they get a little complacent, and they get a little cocky and they get a little complacent. And I think if that happens again, they're going to have at least one blowout, stupid game where they just don't have their shit together. But then they'll figure it out because that's been the pattern for them all playoffs long. Yeah. Yeah, that what was it near fifty against Memphis without Jaw? Yeah, <laughs> it was just... stupid. It was just stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, I completely agree. It's it's gonna happen a hundred percent. I just don't think they're gonna lose and chase again. Like I don't think they're gonna lose a game and chase. Um, th that new arena is pretty pumped up. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I've seen how they play in there, so. I feel like it could be like kind of how like the Dallas and Suns uh, series went, where it's like everyone's just winning the home games, and then somebody's gonna break free. So it could go seven, and then yeah, they just take it at home, pretty much. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, we're we're nearing an hour here, so let's move on to our Raptors Homer moment. Um, Pascal Siakam made an All NBA team. Congrats, Pascal. We did it. Raptors Twitter did it. Matt Devlin did it. Okay. It had nothing to do with Pascal or his abilities. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> it was purely narrative. We are very powerful. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm very happy for Pascal. Uh, I don't really have any uh, notes on that other than, you know, he's, he had a major comeback season. He's let it be known that he is back to who we all want him and love him to be. Um, I, I don't know what else to say other than it's well-deserved and I'm very happy for him. I don't know if any of you have any comments on him 
getting the All NBA. He deserves it. it. He played the best basketball he's ever played this season. Period. Bar none. He's he the uh, the vision has clearly taken a big leap. He's playing with more confidence. He's playing with more poise. Playing with more grace. He's uh, calmer on the court. Yeah, it's it's just he's he just played super smart basketball this season. And I think uh, if he wasn't as injured as he was, he probably could have made second team. Probably would have made all star. Yeah, I was gonna say if he wasn't injured, he could have even made all star. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, I I would agree. Um, I actually have him kind of in that ten to fifteen of the top players this year. Um, which kind of fits in that second or third team, essentially, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and by position, like, he is one of the best fours uh, around. So it's like, yeah, no, I think this was a great year. Um, you know what it is? He It just got, like, overdrawn, but, like, it was just too much after the, uh, was it the Celtics series when they lost and, and, and all that and the bubble, and he's just finally getting over that and... I feel like people are going to start respecting him a little bit more. It's still the Raptors, still Canada, so they're obviously not going to give uh, as much respect. But uh, yeah, no, play wise, he's 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 been great, and we just I'm just excited to see what he's going to do next year. Like he's he's just going to keep getting 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 better. So kudos to him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, we're just going to do one fire round off season. Uh, Raptors question. We're gonna have so much time <laughs> between now and, and October to really dive into all the Raptors stuff. But I wanted to ask the two of you, um, what are you looking for in the Raptors to prove upon for next season? What's like one thing that you're really hoping for the more for for the most? Um, Chris, let's start with you. Uh, I would like to see Scotty improve defensively. I think, um, and uh, start make, taking, uh, being a little more poised in terms of his playmaking as well. I think, um, I think he's great offensively. I think he's really good at just like shooting some energy into the game and getting some points up and getting some boards up. But uh, I would like to see him improve a little more uh, defensively just to do a little better that way. Uh, and I'd like to see fred back in better form because i think uh fred took even though he made all-star this year which is great i think towards the end of the season he was starting to waver a little bit because i think uh he was obviously carrying a bit too much of a load because of all the injuries that that the team has had this year so i think um uh, i'd like to see some of the weight pulled off of fred a little bit more and have the rest of the team start contributing and just you know a little more depth in the bench the bench was just really short this year and it really, really, it did us in. Like, I think we could have made, I think we could have gone further in playoffs if we had more of a bench, just more support from the bench. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably where the biggest improvement needs to be is just bench depth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, myself, uh, aside, I was going to say Fred too, actually. Uh, one, a big, at some point, uh, fine. Just uh, again, both my my teams need some form of capable center <laughs> that can rebound, rim protect, and pick and roll. So um, uh, definitely something like that. But um, Fred, because you know why? Uh, he said it in his in his uh, exit interview this year. Um, well, he was focusing on points. Like yeah, he could get 
20 to 25, but he needs to kind of like get a lot better, but it's not even points. I need him to become, and I've said this uh, before, he needs to kind of find, like really become Kyle Lowry or that Chris Paul type point guard where you could have like 10 points, but as long as you're leading and guiding these guys in the right areas, that could be 14, 15 assists a game. Um, we need him to lead, like really lead. The thing I liked about Chris Paul's game or Kyle Lowry's game is they don't really shoot all the time. They do it when they have to. So you see Chris Paul in the fourth quarter, for example, that's his time to take over. The first three quarters, he's analyzing. He's like, okay, okay, I know what, what's going on here. He's getting into the flow. He's getting the real like flow of the game. And then fourth quarter time he's really breaking people down it's like okay i'm gonna get my shot here i'm gonna set Devin here i'm gonna set you up here i know what i'm doing i'm taking over and that's what he should be doing he should really he, he took the leadership reins from kyle right i don't think we've really seen him completely accept that yet um i feel like he got paid and you know what the expectations oh you're supposed to put up 25 in this but it's like no i don't think he needs to do that and i think he we are going to see the real leader in fred come out you have weapons like you have scotty and you have pascal so get them in the right spots this offseason is going to be huge he's not yeah. a rookie anymore he's a sophomore so pascal is out of his brain funk or whatever was going on so this summer, these guys all need to get in there. The pick and rolls need to be precise. Um, finding these guys in the spots, the, the development of, of Scotty. But I feel like Fred can really become like the Kyle Lowry that he was supposed to be, The even the CP3 kind of surgical person in that fourth that we can trust and rely on. So. Yeah, I, I love that. I agree with both of you. I uh, I was also going to say a big, like, I think this might be a bit of a controversial opinion, but I'm not as big on the whole, like, everybody is six foot nine, cutesy lineups that this team has kind of <laughs> formed. And I think a lot of the fan base has fallen in love with. Like, I feel like I miss having a, a real center. Not that I don't want a versatile center. I absolutely want a versatile center, but I miss having a proper big uh on our team yeah i really do and i think like <laughs> even like when i think back to the philadelphia series um that we just had um it's like the last that last play when joel and bead hits that three and they're like trying to run around and figure it out and then nick nurse tells fred to not guard the ball Right. Cause I think, right. He tells, and he's getting a little cute, right. And we all love, I love Nick, but he was getting a little too cute there, but I think he did that because we're undersized. <clears throat> right. So it's like, no, we need your hands on everybody else be, because we're too undersized to just guard the inbound pass. And I'm like, I think that's a problem. Like yeah, I, yeah. I want to see a route, like, I think, you know, it's not the last time we're ever going to see Philadelphia. Probably not the last time we'll ever see them in a playoff series, to be honest. So it's like, I want to see us have a, a real big man who is versatile and can play the schemes that Nickner sets up. But I think that that is a huge part that I think we're missing. Yep. And if you, the last time I was on the show, we were talking about the MVP discussion and the top three MVP candidates were all bigs. Yeah. All of them all versatile yeah. bigs, and we need that. We really need that. 
Yeah. I mean, I guess there's there's multiple teams out for bigs and poor Dwight Powell. <laughs> you see, <laughs> people should it. love the Maverick. People should love the Mavericks right now because we've technically exploded Utah, which frees up a possible big for 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 trades. And we've also exposed Phoenix, which has <laughs> apparently caused DeAndre Ayton not to get his max contract. So Hey Raptors. That's another not super that's, big guys. <laughs> not not necessarily a superstar, but another big name that's out there is DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's that that's super interesting to me. When I read that they weren't giving him the full extension, I thought that was a huge mistake. The massive oh, mistake. Yeah. I I thought that could have been an Yeah, we all we all did. Yeah. Morale and it was true. Yeah, but I don't. But I also don't like the way he um, he handled it in the playoffs. True, like that to me, yeah. that is a red flag. Like I, I do think he deserved a max, but the way he he has allegedly um, kind of bailed on his own team, I think that quit. that's yeah, he quit on I, his team. Yeah. That's a major red flag. But I think it's yeah. he's young and it's interesting. I think a, a new culture and a new environment could potentially you know switch toronto. things up toronto obviously great culture <laughs> we could really use a guy like him but um yeah i mean you know just a little bit of a red flag there um okay let let's move on let's wrap this up with our nick nurse hottie highlight of the week now as i've stated hey. before not every week there is a nick nurse highlight because it's the off season he's being all low-key blah 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 but he did do an interview with uh, the herd, the show, the herd, with Colin Coward. I cowherd. Yeah. I called him a coward by accident. Um, <laughs> I just called him Colin Coward. Uh, I'm sure there's no way I'm the first person that's ever done that. He gives me very Republican vibes. You know what I mean? So I don't really like. Uh, I don't typically tune into his content. I mean, I'm sure he's. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's fine. I'm just saying that's that's the vibe I get. Anyway, he interviewed Nick Nurse. The, it was a great interview. It's a lot of uh, nerdy coaching stuff. He kind of gives his insights on the playoffs, and and it was fun. It was nice to it was nice to see Nick again. That's all. Just that he did that. I have to check that interview out. I, I did see him on Tim and Sid uh, the other day, or oh, not Tim and Sid. Tim and Friends. Sorry, Tim and Friends. Um, Tim and so friends. confusing because even in the commercial, <laughs> they still show Sid there one time via yeah. like Zoom. Like, hey, I'm still a friend, kind of. <laughs> I don't know what they're awkward. doing. I find yeah, I find that commercial awkward. really annoying because it's just like, hey, look, we're we're laughing a bunch, and it's like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's not the but best he, promo. No, it, it is not. And um, he, he, Nick did say he was he was golfing. Um, and I think it was mainly about the Canada national team, which mm. I just love the fact that he does both. Like it just it's yeah. it, it's it's awesome. Um, but that that core is looking interesting, too. It's missing a lot of names. But um, yeah. But yeah, no, I love the uh, I have to go check that uh, Colin Kurt uh, Coward because I think he says he addresses the Lakers rumors, which I want to hear about. <laughs> Fair. Uh, cool. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Thank you so much for joining me, uh, Ryan. Uh, let us know where can people find you on the internet. 
Yeah, so I am pretty much on every major social platform at R.A. Henry. So that's R-A-H-E-N-R-Y. So that's Instagram, Twitter, all that. And of course, uh, the pod, uh, the NBA podcast we do is called Below the Hardwood. Uh, We have videos on YouTube that we've been doing for like 10 years. Uh, We've been a podcast centric uh, show since the pandemic. But uh, maybe you'll see us back on YouTube again uh, doing, uh, doing that stuff. And it's, again, casual basketball fans. Uh, we're a little over the top and um, explicit uh, pretty much everywhere. So if you have fragile ears, do not listen to it at work. <laughs> Amazing. And Chris, let us know where we can find you on the Internet. Yes. Yeah, so I'm back on Instagram at uh, chris.r.myers. Uh, that's just my name on the bottom there. And then uh, as twi- on Twitter, as always, at Chris underscore underscore Myers, uh, tweeting about basketball and baseball and other nerdy things. Um, that's how you can find me doing my thing. Amazing. Uh, thank you both so much. Uh, and if you would like to follow me as well, you can follow me at it's me underscore Catherine on Twitter or Instagram, uh, spelt C-A-T-H-R-Y-N. Uh, please don't forget to tell me that you know or have heard of Mariah Carey. I'm very invested in this. Please just let me know that you have at least heard of her. Super, super appreciate it. <laughs> and, uh, and we'll be back uh, next week. I think so thank you so much and uh take care bye